0: Silver trophy to the goal. To it high the right. It's loose ball, loose, loose. Kittle's gonna pick it up, and that'll be that.
1: Kittle stays down to absorb the moment. John Lynch, the general manager. And there it is. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. Can you believe it? Yes, absolutely, I can believe it. Because the 49ers are a good football team. And the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. The 49ers won the NFC Championship game yesterday. The Kansas City Chiefs won the AFC Championship yesterday.
0: The Inevitable Chiefs, the Seemingly inevitable 49ers to a degree.
1: And guess what? We have a Super Bowl matchup. We have episode 83 of the We Know Ball podcast. My name is Ryan. We've got an absolutely amazing episode for you guys today. I'm going to be getting fired up a little bit. If I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to be getting a little bit fired up. We're going to be talking football for obvious reasons. We're going to be talking a little bit of NBA. A little bit. But... Mostly football. Just a quick touch on the NBA in the beginning. Episode 83, January 29th. Super Bowl matchup is set. I am so excited to talk with you guys.
0: Unbelievable. Couldn't be more excited. We'll get to all the football here shortly. Got a lot on the plate.
1: Gonna get a little bit fired up about the football situation. If you bear with me and you get to that spot, i going to get a little bit fired up, but it's not the end of the world, right? That's what we do. We talk ball. We know ball. Get fired up. That's what happens. But before we get into the football, we're going to talk a little bit of hoops. And all we're going to talk about, well, two topics, two subjects, two people, two different pieces of the NBA puzzle on different sides of the spectrum, different parts of the league, and for different reasons. And what I mean by that is you've got one guy in one part of the NBA on one coast of the country who seemingly cannot help himself when it comes to physically assaulting people, physically asserting his dominance unnecessarily. And you've got another guy on the other coast of the country in another uh, conference, if you will, who refuses to even participate in the games, in specifically games in which he could potentially be challenged. You may know what I'm talking about, and you may not know what I'm talking about. And on that second part, and that second player that we referenced, we
0: are talking about Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid... 76ers center refuses to play against Nikola Jokic. He refuses to play in Denver. Oh, he'll play Jokic and the Denver Nuggets in Philadelphia. When the
1: Nuggets make a trip out to the East Coast and Joel Embiid's direct competitor for the MVP award and the potentially only
0: other player in the league that they could say is a better center and a better player than Joel Embiid. When the Nuggets and Jokic come to the East Coast, Joel Embiid will be on the court. He'll be playing in front of his home crowd. And that'll be that. Oh, oh, now it's time for the Philadelphia 76ers to go to Denver and play against the Denver Nuggets at some elevation in a hostile environment. And guess what? He's nowhere to be found. Woj tweeted out before the game and the matchup that they had on
1: January 27th, 76ers into Denver. Embiid is out with left knee soreness, sources say. The 76ers training staff had concerns while watching Joel Embiid during his warm-up routine and made the decision for him to sit out versus
0: Denver today, sources said. Subsequently, the Denver Nuggets home crowd
1: began chanting, Where's Embiid at? See if I can find the video here and not have trouble playing it. Let's see. So that's the Denver Nuggets crowd chanting, Where's Embiid at? So let me get this straight, Joel. You want to be the best player in the NBA. You want to be considered one of the greats, not just now, but of all time. And up to this point in your career, as what you believe to be, and many believe to be, the best center in the NBA, you don't have any rings. You refuse to play against the only other player that people would consider to be the best player in the NBA, the best center in the NBA. You refuse to play him on his home court. You've had multiple opportunities to do that in the last five years. And yet, you haven't played in Denver since 2019. You play and participate in almost every other game throughout the course of your schedule, road and home against different opponents. You'll play against the Nuggets and Jokic at home, when it comes time to play in a hostile environment at elevation and challenge the other best center in the NBA on his home court, you show up with left knee soreness. Late scratch, can't go for the game, and then you don't sit on the bench for the game while the crowd in Denver starts chanting your name, asking where you are.
0: Soft. Charmin Ultra Soft. Teddy bear, lame, and
1: all that's going to do is tarnish your legacy. And he seemingly just doesn't care. He's probably going to do it again. Fact of the matter is, he knows he doesn't have to play in Denver unless the Sixers and the Nuggets are in the NBA finals. After that, and before that, Eastern Conference finals, maybe the Nuggets get eliminated. Like there's so many other ways where Embiid doesn't have to be.
0: Challenged to play a tough environment game. The fact is, every time he has played against Nikola Jokic, he's performed, eh, not great, okay, middle of the pack, below average for his standards. And he knows
1: if he plays in Denver, he's going to deal with a little bit more adversity, a little bit more pressure, elevation.
0: All those things that Nicole is not going to have to deal with. And he's probably not going to play as well. He's probably going to get, you know, booed a little bit. It's just absolutely comical that Joel Embiid
1: wants to be considered one of the best players in the league and potentially one of the best of all time. And he dodges the only other guy. That's his main competition for MVP and best center in the league. He literally dodges him.
0: Like at least Joel,
1: try to pretend to be injured for the games leading up to the Denver Nuggets games in Denver, at least pretend to have a sort of injury, but don't play in every single game leading up to it. Yeah. You know what? Lingering injuries and this and that understandable.
0: If you've got something going on, I guess I get it if it's a legitimate injury. But what's never going to
1: fly is left knee soreness, going out for warmups, and then being a late scratch and not sitting on the bench to watch and support your team while the crowd is chanting your name, asking where you are in Denver. That ain't going to work. You'll never be the greatest of all time doing that.
0: You're ducking Nikola Jokic. You're literally avoiding him. And you want to be considered one of the greats, not just in the
1: league today, but of all time. Let's go through some of the greats of all time. LeBron, Michael Jordan, Shaq, Kobe, Kareem, magic. Those guys would be foaming at the mouth for the opportunity to play against one of their rivals. If you will, in terms of competitors for MVP and competitors for best of the position, they would be foaming at the mouth for the opportunity on the road,
0: hostile, Fired up. Go out, prove the haters wrong, put up 40 and 12. Ouch.
1: Ouchie, my knee hurts. I can't play. That's what it is. Like, you, I'm not saying Joel Embiid's not an amazing basketball player because he is an amazing basketball player. And that's why it's so puzzling. That's why it's so crazy. What is he scared of? If he just goes out and plays a regular under control Joel Embiid style of play basketball game against Nicole Jokic, he'll probably score 18 to 25 points. He'll probably have 8 to 12 rebounds, couple assists, play a pretty good game, maybe rely on other players on his team, crazy concept, to score some points. Maybe they win the game. But you're gonna gain a lot more respect going out against Denver, putting out those numbers and losing than you are. Literally dodging Nikola Jokic. You are dodging Nikola Jokic. It's so embarrassing. It's so tarnishing for your reputation, your GOAT reputation. It's so tarnishing for your I want to be the best player in the league deal that you run with.
0: You simply cannot be considered an MVP, the best player in the league, a top three
1: player in the league, or one of the greats of all time if you are dodging your main competitor at your position. Dodging him. There's nothing else you can say. He has not played a game in Denver with multiple opportunities since 2019. That's so long. So many opportunities. Oh, he'll play the Nuggets in Philadelphia. He'll play Jokic in Philadelphia on the home court. But you, I mean... uh, What are we talking about? Didn't you just score 70? Wouldn't you be fired up? Wouldn't you be motivated and ready to go? Or just dodge? Uh, It's so embarrassing for
0: him. I would be like, as a teammate, I'd be like, dude, let's come on. Like, we need you. We literally need you, Nicola. I mean, uh, Joel. That game was on Friday, Saturday, Saturday. A game's on Saturday night in Denver.
1: Jokic goes out 26, 16, and seven. And your team, Joel Embiid, loses by six. And it'd be hard for me to make an argument otherwise that if you were on the court, the game would have been closer and you could have potentially won the game. But this also goes towards my argument about how the NBA regular season means nothing. It means nothing. Because clearly Joel Embiid does not care about the regular season. He doesn't care about these primetime Saturday night matchups against Nikola Jokic, he doesn't care. He just wants to be
0: healthy for the playoffs. That's the nature of the NBA. So Joel Embiid Dodging Nikola Jokic is a main storyline in the NBA. It gets
1: swept under the rug. No one talks about it. Half the NBA fans, half the 76ers fans are
0: like, why would he? Why would he play? What do you want him to do? Get hurt? His knees hurt. No, his knees not hurt. He's got a case of the potentially hurt ego. That's
1: what he's got. Like, that's it. But also, he doesn't, who cares, right?
0: And he's getting paid anyways. So why, yeah, I mean, I guess, why would he play? Why would he play? Other storyline in the NBA. Draymond Green back and immediately assaulting people. What's new? I said two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, was it two
1: or three? it was yeah i guess 16 game suspension right so i said three weeks ago when draymond green got indefinitely suspended that his suspension and his counseling and all the things that he was assigned to do to help control his emotions was going to ultimately do nothing because that punishment wasn't necessarily severe enough for Draymond to learn his actual lesson. And ultimately, after his made-up arbitrary number of games suspension and his counseling, Draymond Green is going to continue to be the player that he is, which is really physical, and in a lot of cases, overly physical, to a point
0: where he's borderline assaulting people. Incidental or not, the fact is, Draymond
1: Green's radar and judgment for what is and what is not acceptable on an NBA court is different than the rest of the leagues. And when he goes for balls and he tries to break up passes or he's playing
0: defense, he is careless about what his body is doing. And subsequently,
1: literally hits people in the face and the head over and over. Now, are all the guys that he has injured at one point or another going to be okay, of course. It's not like a football player flying across the middle and knocking a guy out cold. That's like dangerous to a guy's like life, right? Draymond's not endangering anyone's life, so let's be sure to calibrate. However, within the spectrum of the NBA and what it is, Draymond is going to continue to be Draymond. I said it when he first got suspended that this suspension, this counseling session and all this stuff that he's doing claimed to do probably did right. But to be honest, did it just to appease the NBA and his team. All that stuff was not going to do anything and he was going to come back and be the same exact guy and have another incident potentially this season
0: or at least one or two more times in his career. And he's back, and he's literally punching, he's smashing Anthony Davis's
1: face. I understand the game's physical. Like, I get it. But Draymond is going to be Draymond. Oh, uh, that's potentially a flagrant foul. So then one of the Lakers players wants the referees to check the replay. Signaling for them to check it out on the board. And Draymond's just, just lo- losing it, just can't even control himself. Oh, my God. He's mocking and mimicking the, the movement that the,
0: the Lakers guy's making to check the replay. Telling him to shut up. Oh,
1: got it. So all that counseling and that suspension that Draymond did to help him learn his lesson and control his emotions. Oh, looks like it did nothing. And it was a completely random, arbitrary number of games that you decided to suspend him with a random piece of counseling that nobody knows or could confirm at any point. And even if it was real, Draymond's just probably going to go through the motions to appease the league and his team so that he can come back and play as soon as possible and continue to do exactly what he was doing before, which is playing so beyond the, the acceptable level of physical to a point where he's like actually hurting players and just smashing them in the face. If you're going to teach a guy a lesson like Draymond Green, the punishment needs to be more severe. I don't want him to be a career-ending guy. Like I don't want Draymond's career to be over. I want him to learn and be better because when he's good and at his
0: best, he's actually a really good basketball player. He's pretty darn good. But, on the other side of that
1: coin, when he's not good, the team, things aren't going well. Maybe he's a little frustrated, gets tangled up. Next thing you know, he's elbowing some guy on the side of the head.
0: That really just can't be a thing. I want Draymond Green to not be the guy he is, which is overly physical. I would hope Draymond gets better. I would
1: hope he can contribute positively to the NBA, to sports, be a good player, be not a problematic guy on the court or and sometimes off the court with his teammates. I would like for Draymond to just not be like this and to not have to be punished. But if you're going to teach Draymond a lesson, if you want him to actually feel it, it needs to be not a... uh indefinite suspension and then two days later you tell him the number of games he needs to be you are suspended Draymond for another flagrant two
0: back when he initially got suspended not even the situation with Anthony Davis back when he initially got suspended they needed to come out and say well Draymond you
1: lead the league in technicals and You lead the league in flagrant twos and you lead the league in assault. So you are now suspended for the rest of the season. And guess what, Draymond, when you come back, the next time you play an NBA game, if you have another flagrant two within the first month of action, you are suspended for another three months. And we'll just keep doing it, Draymond, until you learn your lesson. But for them to come out and say, oh, you are indefinitely suspended Two days later, uh, actually, it's 16 games. Oh, okay, go through the motions, sit out your two weeks, three weeks, get your counseling, counseling, and then come back, and then just do the exact same thing. Like, what do they expect? What do they think was going to happen? It's exactly who Draymond is. I hope he, I wish he wasn't like that. I hope the counseling that he... Was seeking and potentially continues to seek will actually help him be less problematic, but that's
0: just who he is. That's the nature of Draymond Green. Said it when the suspension happened. I'm telling you guys again, it's
1: got to be more severe. I hope it. Hap- I hope Draymond can like just chill out. I really do, because it's not really dope to watch a Warriors game or to. Not watch a Warriors game, but see, the only highlight come through social media, and it's
0: Draymond hammering some guy's head. Not dope. Move it on. Move it on. NFL playoffs, NFL conference championship games,
1: uh, AFC championship, the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens, they played each other. In the NFC championship, the Lions played the 49ers in San Francisco. And we have a rematch. We have a rematch of Super Bowl 54?
0: 53? 54? We'll start with the AFC Championship. Chiefs at the Ravens, M&T Bank Stadium, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. What do we got? We got a 17-10 to 10 final score. Chiefs beat the Ravens. 17 to 10. How do we get to this point where Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl again? How do we get to this point? What happened? How did it happen? The story of this game for. The Ravens for the Chiefs. It's really just a simple question and answer for how we get a 17-10 to 10
1: Chiefs versus Ravens. How could the Chiefs beat the Ravens? How could the Ravens choke
0: so hard? How could the Ravens? It's very simple. It's very simple. One team had discipline. One team had experience, one team had composure, and one team executed better than the other. Only by seven points, right? That's what the scoreboard says. And we'll get into the storylines. We'll get into why everyone is so mad about this matchup. I don't know. I don't really care about that. Uh, the narrative going into this
1: AFC championship was Lamar and the Ravens and America versus Patrick Mahomes. He just doesn't care. Just goes out and dominates. Goes out, takes care of the football. Accurate. Makes a crazier player, too,
0: like he always does. Gets some first downs with his legs. And wins the football game. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's what he does. Uh, quarterback passer rating of 100,
1: quarterback rating of 91.1. Both of those are really good. 30 for 39. Yep. That's really good. No interceptions.
0: Oh, uh, That's also really good. That's really good. And the storyline was, like I said, Lamar and the Ravens,
1: America behind you against Kansas City. The refs rigged the games for Kansas City. The league rigs the games for the Chiefs. I'm not a Chiefs fan. Chiefs played a better game. Chiefs played a better game against the Ravens. They played a better game against the Buffalo Bills.
0: Played a better game against the Dolphins. Chiefs didn't have three turnovers. Chiefs had three penalties for 30 yards. Three penalties.
1: Couple holding calls, one of which, one holding call for the Chiefs, actually took a touchdown off the board. And most people agreed it was a bad call. That call went against Kansas City. Took seven points off the board.
0: Oh, the game's rigged. Oh, the Chiefs always win. Oh, the refs are in their favor. Or how about the Chiefs play disciplined football? They execute better than anybody
1: in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, takes care of the football.
0: They're disciplined. Their play calling on offense is excellent. Steve Spagnola is
1: maximizing the potential that he has on the defensive side of the ball with the defensive game plan that
0: literally nullified the MVP in the league. And Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs get 22 first downs on the best team, the best, uh, yeah.
1: I was looking at possession time too. The Chiefs get 22 first downs on the best defensive team in the NFL and have 37 minutes of possession, 37 minutes. Sometimes being a great quarterback and being a great team isn't all about scoring a million points and not letting up any points. Sometimes it's taking care of the ball. Sometimes it's running the clock a little bit, getting a few first downs clock management, game management execution, first down, second down, third down, first down. First down, second down, third down, first down. Take care of the ball. Maybe, maybe make a pretty spectacular play or two. Have some
0: superstars at your disposal. Mahomes, Kelsey, and that'll get it done. The whole narrative and storyline, going into the
1: Chiefs and Ravens' ASC Championship. NFL is rigged. Referees benefit the chiefs Ravens there. We've got your back. Everyone hates the chiefs. Chiefs don't care. Chiefs went in and dominated that game. 17 to 10 does not tell the story of that game. Ravens were horrendously undisciplined, did not take care of the football at all. Lamar Jackson looked completely
0: flustered, completely worthless for Three and a half quarters of the game. The Ravens, the best rushing offense in the NFL. Actually, I don't know if that's true, but I know they're one of the best. The Ravens, yeah. I'm actually curious, and I wanted to see that. NFL stats. Team stats, not in the and there it is. The Ravens, the best rushing offense in the NFL.
1: Most rushing yards per game, and they have six
0: carries to their running backs in this game. They ran 57 offensive plays, and
1: they carried the ball to their running backs six times. Lamar
0: Jackson was their leading rusher, which isn't the craziest thing. But that's not the story. It's the NFL is not rigged. The Chiefs played a better game than the Baltimore Ravens. They played a better game against the Bills.
1: They played a better game against the Dolphins. They're more disciplined. They're smarter. They execute better. Patrick Mahomes takes what the offense gives him. Doesn't try to play hero ball like Josh Allen. Doesn't force balls into triple coverage like Lamar Jackson or fumble like Lamar Jackson or have anybody on the offense. In fact, in fact... Patrick Mahomes overcomes some of those detrimental plays by his other offensive players, takes care of the ball, puts it right where his guys can catch it, executes a perfect third down throw with a game on the line in the fourth quarter
0: to get a first down and seal the game. While the Ravens have multiple personal foul penalties. Hit,
1: uh, roughing the passer, with a defensive lineman just swiping at Mahomes' helmet recklessly. Kyle Van Noy headbutting Taylor, uh, Travis Kelsey almost said Taylor Swift. Kyle Van Noy headbutting Travis Kelsey.
0: But Kelsey started it. Everyone knows it's the second guy that gets the flag. Every guy, every time, every single time.
1: Ask anybody. Who gets flagged in those situations? It's always guy number two. Always. How about the Ravens having 12 men on the field to start the final drive of the fourth quarter? What does that tell you? Poorly coached, poorly prepared, undisciplined, panicking under pressure, no composure in the face of adversity, no discipline, didn't execute well on either side of the ball all game long played out of character, turned the ball over three times, including twice in the end zone. And people
0: are like, oh, it's it's rigged. It's rigged. Or, or, it's not rigged.
1: And Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Andy Reid is the second best coach in the history of the NFL. Travis Kelsey is probably the best tight end in the history of the NFL when it's all said and done. And Steve Spagnola is a defensive mastermind.
0: And the Ravens played scared, undisciplined, weak, and out of character, got rattled, had three personal fouls, roughing the passer, fumbling in the end zone. And that's the story of the game. One team was
1: composed, one team executed. One team was not composed, and one team did not execute. And all the credit in the world goes to the Chiefs. It has to go to the Chiefs. As much as everyone hates the Chiefs, I don't know why they don't get credit. you got to give them credit. Instead of hating on them, appreciate the greatness when you see it. You know why you hate the Chiefs? You know why everyone hated the the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? You know why? Because they're good. You hate dynasties. Everyone hates dynasties. It's natural to not like dynasties in any sport. It's natural. It's a natural reaction. Why? Because they always beat your favorite team. They beat your favorite team, and then when they move on to the next round, and they play against another team with a great storyline, they beat them, and then when they get to the Super
0: Bowl, and you you start to think they're pushing their luck, there's no way they can do it again. They do it again. Non-Warrior fans, when the Warriors were a dynasty, hated the Warriors. Non-Patriots fans, when they were a
1: dynasty, hated the Patriots. Now, non-Chiefs fans because the Chiefs are potentially
0: another dynasty, hate the Chiefs, hate Patrick Mahomes. People hate the Yankees. Oh, they're in New York, and they won a bunch of World Series in the 90s and 2000s. Hate Michael Jordan, hate the Bulls. Guess what? Guess what? I've got news for everybody. Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes. They don't care that you hate them. They don't care.
1: They don't care that you're mad that they always win. They don't care that you think they're dirty players or they're annoying or they're obnoxious or they're always winning. They always get all the calls. They get all the benefits. Oh, they also always happen to be in the right place at the right time in the big games with perfect execution.
0: (laughs) They don't... Care. They don't care
1: about storylines. They don't care about what you want. They don't care about what the ratings are. They don't care that they're going to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years or the sixth time in seven years or the NBA Finals for the fourth year in a row or the World Series for the sixth year in a row. They don't care. They don't care. Winners will always win and they will continue to win. And they will continue to dominate despite surrounding aspects of their success. Despite the outside noise. You can be mad at Patrick Mahomes. You can be mad at the Chiefs. Oh, I hate the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson and America versus the Chiefs. Lamar Jackson, MVP. The Ravens, best team in football. And the Chiefs come in and beat them. It's that easy. Literally, it's that easy for Mahomes and the Chiefs. And by the way, Patrick Mahomes would probably have like two more Super Bowls, maybe three, probably two. Mahomes would probably have two, two more Super Bowls under his belt right now if Tom Brady had retired earlier. Literally, that's exactly the truth. Brady beat him once in the AFC Championship and then once in the Super Bowl. That's why Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. But that's not the point. If Tom Brady retires three years earlier, Patrick
0: Wilms literally might have two more Super Bowl rings already. What is he, like 27? Oh, the NFL's rigged. They want Mahomes to win. They want the Chiefs to win.
1: They want a dynasty. They love, why? Why would they want a dynasty? Wouldn't they want to spread the wealth? Wouldn't they want to keep all fan bases engaged? Wouldn't they want more and better storylines? Wouldn't they want the Lions in the Super Bowl? Because everyone loves the Lions in America. Everyone loves Dan Campbell. Wouldn't people want the, the Ravens? Wouldn't, they, wouldn't the league want the Ravens to get in if it was a rigged WWE league? Ravens-Lions is a dream Super Bowl. Why would the league let the Chiefs and 49ers get in? Why would they let Patrick Mahomes get in his fourth Super Bowl
0: in five years? They always, they love Mahomes. They want Taylor Swift. Why? They're not stupid. They know people have been turned off to the
1: Chiefs, to the overexposure with Mahomes, Otto, Kelsey, Taylor Swift, commercials all the time, everywhere. People have been overexposed. People don't like it anymore. So why would they put the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl? if it's seemingly across social media, almost universally agreed that people did not like the Super Bowl matchup. Why would they do that? Oh, here's the answer. They didn't. It's not rigged. Patrick Mahomes may be the greatest quarterback of all time. Andy Reid is the second greatest coach of all time. Travis Kelsey, when it's all said and done, probably the greatest tight end of all time. Steve Spagnola, defensive coordinator, is a genius. And they play disciplined, well-executed football. They have composure in the face of adversity. They don't make mistakes. They take care of the football. And they win. That's what winners do. That's what dynasties do. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Derek Jeter, Steph Curry, they don't care that your feelings are hurt. They don't care that you're sad. They don't care that you're sad about your team losing again. Or, oh my God, they're back in the championship. How
0: could they do that? How? Because they're winners. Winners win. Why would the NFL want
1: Mahomes in the Super Bowl again? If it's seemingly agreed upon
0: outside of Chiefs fans that they didn't want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Why would they want that? They probably don't want it, but they can't do anything about it because Patrick Mahomes is so good.
1: And the Chiefs are so well-prepared every single time they find themselves in this situation. And if it wasn't for Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes would have two more Super Bowl rings. That's a fact.
0: That's a guarantee. He just happens to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Patrick Mahomes might be the second best
1: quarterback of all time already. It's not rigged. It's Patrick Mahomes being great. It's Andy Reid being great. And it's execution and discipline, and winning. Same thing that happened on the Yankees with Derek Jeter, Michael Jordan on the Bulls, Tom Brady on the Patriots, Steph Curry and the Warriors. Fact is what it is. Deal with it or don't, but that's the nature of where we are and how we got Mahomes in the Super Bowl again. It's not rigged. It's them being
0: great. That's it. That's it. If you want to win in the NFL. You have to execute. You have to execute. And that's the thing. Oh, the refs always. The refs in the NFL
1: always give Mahomes the benefit of the doubt. Right? They always do it. The holding call in the Super Bowl and all the roughing the passers.
0: Mahomes is complaining all the time. He's always crying. Oh, wasn't there a like a phantom holding call in that game against the
1: Ravens that took a touchdown off the board for the Chiefs? What? I thought the NFL wanted the Chiefs to win every game and score a million points and Mahomes to stat pad because they love Patrick Mahomes, and that's the only reason
0: people can come up with. They want Taylor Swift to watch the Super Bowl. And they get a holding call to win the Super Bowl, or they score 35 points before that holding call
1: even happened in the fourth quarter against the Eagles last year and then they run a really creative double motion play to put a guy outside to have his defender beat and basically force him to try to hold the receiver for the Chiefs, and the referees are almost forced to make a call. The Chiefs put themselves in that situation. They didn't just get gifted 35 points and get gifted 60 yards of field position and then magically get handed a holding call
0: to give them an automatic first down. They get gifted a bunch of calls against the Ravens? Or did
1: Jadavion Clowney spear Patrick Mahomes in the face for a roughing the passer? And another D-lineman for the Ravens punched Patrick Mahomes in the face.
0: And Kyle Van Noy headbutts Travis Kelsey. And Zay Flowers catches a deep ball and pushes the defender to the ground and stands over him.
1: Chiefs do any of that at all during the game? Kelsey, yeah, a little push back and forth. That's football. shoving your defender in the ground after the play, spearing the quarterback, punching him in the face, or even in the Kelseys exchange with Kyle Van Noy, Kelsey maybe started it. Kyle Van Noy finished it. It's always the second guy. Everyone knows that. Have a little bit of discipline. It's exactly what Travis Kelsey was actually trying to get done. trying to get in your head. he knows you're weak minded, you guys are rattled, you're losing. I'm in here. I'm in here. And Kyle Noy goes and headbutt in front of the
0: referee, 15 yards, personal foul. No discipline. The Chiefs, they never do shit like that. The Chiefs never headbutt other players. I'm not I'm not a Chiefs fan. But the NFL is rigged. Patrick Mahomes gets all the calls. Group is having a tough week after the AFC championship.
1: I'm not, I I have no affinity. I have no fandom for Kansas City Chiefs. But the NFL is rigged crowd. The NFL loves Mahomes,
0: gives him all the calls crowd. Silent after the AFC championship. Silent. Because they got nothing. And even if they still are holding, even if people are still holding on to that and saying the NFL is rigged
1: and saying they want Mahomes to go to the Super Bowl every year, why? Why would they want that? Why? You would think the NFL would want to disperse the championship love to keep more fan bases engaged. Wouldn't they want the Lions in the
0: Super Bowl? Wouldn't they want Baltimore in the Super Bowl? Better storylines. You can't have it both ways. I, all I
1: saw, everything I saw after this matchup was decided. And you know what? We'll get into it. Hold on.
0: We have another game to talk about. 49ers and uh, Lions. We'll get into that. Let's check it out here. So. I don't know why that comes to my microphone, so apologies for that. But. 49ers beat the Lions. 34-31. 34-31. NFC Championship. Pretty close game for all intents and purposes. Both teams had one turnover. Total yards were 30-yard difference. Detroit had more first downs. San Francisco had more time in possession. The main storyline is how the Lions were up 17, 24 to seven at half.
1: They gave up 17 unanswered in the third quarter. And then they lose with
0: just really bad play calling and clock management and inexperience, in my opinion, uh, the lions pissed it away and it does it it does hurt cuz you would have loved to see
1: the lions in the super bowl they had it right there at their fingertips they had it at halftime 24 to 7 going down the field really high level offensive efficiency they're getting first downs on like first and second down every single series uh the offensive numbers for these guys was crazy. I mean, they had 182 rushing yards as a team.
0: Jared Goff, 25 for 41, 273, didn't uh, didn't throw a pick. But when it comes down to it. The 49ers beat the Lions strictly
1: on experience versus inexperience. That's all it was. That's really all it was. The Lions, up 24 to 7.5, feel good. They had never been in that position before. They'd never been up big on a superior opponent on the road in the NFC Championship.
0: None of those guys have been in that situation before. None of them. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know what they should do at that point. Then San Francisco gets the ball, coming out of half,
1: goes down, and scores. Okay. Detroit gets the ball, punt. Uh,
0: Okay. San Francisco gets the ball again, scores. Now we're tight. Now the crowd's into it. Now Detroit's
1: trying to move the ball. Guy hit, ball hits multiple receivers in the hands, in the chest. We're dropping balls. We're not converting on third down. Finally, get the ball back in a tie game and we
0: fumble. It just got rattled. Literally, just no composure when it got down to crunch time. Just got rattled. That's where. The 49ers had the edge in this game. They
1: were always going to have the edge in the department of experience, composure, depth,
0: reliability on multiple outside targets. Yeah, you know what? Brock
1: Purdy turned, turned the ball over once, threw a bad pick, is what it is. But other than
0: that, played a pretty darn clean game. The Lions, when it got... that's It's the nature of every playoff game. When
1: push comes to shove, when it's a high leverage, big moment in the game, the best teams execute, and the inexperienced teams that don't end up winning do not execute. The Lions were literally just dropping passes when they had to have them. Finally get the ball back after a bunch of drops, After the 49ers come roaring back into the game and they fumble the ball the first time they touch it, they just handed the game away. That's not what good teams do. The Lions are a good team. I love Dan Campbell. I love what they have going on and they are going to be a good team for years to come. No question about it. But the 49ers were always going to win a game if that's how it was going to go. They were always going
0: to beat the Lions in that type of game. and the best teams and the best coaches make halftime adjustments. The Lions did not. The 49ers, my God, did they ever. First half, Lions won it 24-7. Second half, San Francisco won it 27-7. If you want to be a championship team, you got to play a complete football game.
1: You need to execute for all four quarters. You need to catch the football when it hits you in the hands or the chest. And you cannot, you cannot
0: turn the ball over in a crucial situation. You just cannot do it. And that's the story between the Lions and 49ers. The Lions
1: lost on an experience. They didn't lose because San Francisco was a dominant team. The Lions were dominating most of that game. In fact, I think they dominated so hard, especially in the first quarter, and going into halftime, they were shocked. They're like, oh my God, we're up 17 on these guys at halftime? This game's over. How do I know that? Oh, wait, they have guys on their sideline waving to the crowd in
0: San Francisco in the second quarter. Whoops. That's inexperience. That's a lack of discipline. Because tell me that guy,
1: I think it was CJ Gardner Johnson, but tell me you've got a team with guys on the sideline waving at the crowd in the second quarter. That guy's going to give you his 110% best effort intensity for the rest of the game. Nope. They weren't locked in. Lack of composure. Lack of focus, lack of discipline, and inexperience. They were have never been in a situation where they've been up so big against a, a superior team at halftime, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to handle themselves. They didn't know how to execute. They were dropping balls or fumbling. Three and outs over and over and over again. Finally get maybe a chance, down 10, final possession. Don't use timeouts. Run the ball on third and goal. Don't get it. Have to burn a timeout. Kick the field goal. Now we have to try an outside kick. Huh? What? Why would you run the ball? Just all kinds of classic mistakes that come under the definition of inexperienced. And it's not a bad thing. In fact, the silver lining, which sucks to say if you're a Detroit Lions fan, or a player on that team, is now you have the experience. Now you've been in that situation. The Lions are going to be around and relevant for a while. So, moving forward, they'll have this to look back on. And they get themselves in this exact situation next year against the good team, and they're up at halftime. All right. Remember last year? We were up big. Let's run the ball. Let's take care of the rock. We're going to air it out on third down to try to get some first downs. Catch the football. Go down get some first downs, and let's go win a
0: football game. But I don't think they had that. Now they'll have the experience that's necessary
1: in the future to potentially come out of games like this victorious. But the inexperience ultimately destroyed the Lions in this game, and San Francisco is the exact opposite. Super experienced, super deep, great head coach,
0: Excellent execution. Next thing you know, 49ers are going to the Super Bowl. That easy. It's that quick. And that's the point, right? That's what I wanted to talk about. What kills me? Everything you saw on social media
1: about the Super Bowl. Everyone's complaining about the Super Bowl matchup. Everyone hates it. This is going to be the worst Super Bowl ever. I'm not going to watch. This is going to be so boring. The Chiefs again. The 49ers
0: again. Ugh. I don't even want... I'm just going to watch for the commercials. So, wait, which one is it, though? Because weren't you guys just saying the NFL was rigged and they always want Mahomes in the Super
1: Bowl because they love him? But if they want him in the Super Bowl... Why would, they, why would they
0: want him in the Super Bowl if nobody else wanted him in the Super Bowl? Don't they want the most ratings and don't they want to make the most money? Which one is it? Why would the league be rigged and they would always want Mahomes to get all the calls and get in the Super Bowl
1: if no one's going to watch it, if everyone hates this Super Bowl matchup? Or maybe it's just Mahomes being great. Maybe it's Kyle Shanahan being an unbelievable head coach. Maybe the 49ers are the best team in the NFL? You know what? You're right. I don't want to watch the Super Bowl either. I don't want to watch maybe the greatest quarterback in the history of the sport against the best team in the sport. I, you know what? I don't want to watch it either. That sounds horrible. That sounds so boring. Ugh. God, I wish it would have been a team that I liked more. No one cares. No one cares about storylines. No one cares what the people want. Good teams, good players, good coaches. They're going
0: to win most of the time. I think Tom Brady and Bill Belichick cared at all about what anybody
1: thought of them when they were just going to the Super Bowl every single year. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Oh, I hate Tom Brady. Oh, I hate Bill Belichick. Maybe because they beat your favorite team every year. Is that
0: probably why? Not because they're dominant. The only thing
1: with Mahomes and the Chiefs and the universal hate that they apparently have that I could kind of understand is some of the stuff about his brother, some of the stuff with his wife, maybe... Rubbing people the wrong way. Could totally understand that. The overexposure with the commercials, Kelsey, Mahomes on every commercial all the time. Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, that's everywhere else. I can understand. Overexposure is a real thing. Could understand why maybe some people don't love all of the bombarding
0: of the Chiefs. But hating the Chiefs because they're good, that's not going to work for me. Why? Why you
1: don't like them because they're good. That's the main reason most people don't like the Chiefs. It's the main reason why most people didn't like Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. It's
0: the main reason why most people didn't like Steph and the Warriors. It's because they're good.
1: They beat your favorite team. Every year, they beat your favorite team. Or they beat the team with the cool storyline,
0: right? Or they beat the most likable team. They just beat them because they're really, really good. They're better. So you know what? You're right. The Super Bowl matchup, ugh, it's so lame.
1: I'm not going to watch the best team in the, Super- in the NFL versus the best quarterback in the NFL.
0: Ugh, sounds terrible. Like, what? Sounds awesome. I am so intrigued about what Kyle Shanahan, the
1: San Francisco 49ers defense is going to do coming off a performance where they got smashed defensively. And now they got to play the greatest quarterback of all time. But Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind head coach.
0: What's his defensive scheme going to be? How's that matchup going to go? And the Chiefs defense is really good. Can they stop McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Purdy? It's actually one of the best Super Bowl matchups you could have asked for. It's just not storylines.
1: I saw like a ton of stuff on social media about the Super Bowl matchup. This has got to be one of the worst Super Bowls in the history of the NFL in terms of storylines.
0: Okay. And why does anyone care about that? This Super Bowl is so boring. There's no storylines at all. Okay. Does Patrick Mahomes care about that? Does Kyle Shanahan care about that? No. The answer is
1: no. They don't care about your storylines. They don't care about what you want. They don't care about... The cool factor it would be if the Lions got in the Super Bowl. They don't care that Lamar Jackson is a likable guy and the Ravens deserve it. They do not care. Winners will always win. And now we've been handed a Super Bowl matchup that features the best all around team in the NFL, in my opinion, versus the best quarterback in the NFL best quarterback to tight end tandem in the
0: NFL, maybe in history. And we get to watch them play each other in the Super Bowl for the championship. Stop complaining. The NFL doesn't exist to appease your storylines and who you
1: want. Patrick Mahomes doesn't go on social media before the game and go, well, People do want Lamar, so let's see what we can do, but I'm not sure we can pull this one. No, what? They don't care. Winners win. Stop complaining about the matchup in the Super Bowl. It's a great matchup. The overexposure to Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift, that's a different thing. I understand the frustration with that. Don't be mad at Mahomes because he always wins. Don't be mad at Andy Reid because he always beats your favorite team. Don't be mad at Kyle Shanahan because the Lions choked. Don't be mad at Mahomes because Josh Allen took a bunch of shots down the field on the final drive to not set up his field goal kicker for a better field goal or for Lamar Jackson to throw
0: in a triple coverage. Are those Mahomes' fault? Is that Andy Reid's fault? Is that Travis Kelsey's fault? Nope. Is it Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers' fault? That Jameer Gibbs fumbled? in the worst possible
1: time in that game. It's nobody's fault. It's the difference between winners and losers. Composure in the face of adversity. That's it. Execution, discipline. And here we are with probably two of the top three, two of the top four teams in the NFL playing the Super Bowl. Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what everybody would ask for? But instead, everyone's just complaining. Boo, lame. This is the lamest Super Bowl matchup ever. No storylines. They don't care about that. I promise they don't care. Let's appreciate the
0: greatness that we are about to witness in front of us and stop complaining every time. There's always an issue. That's it. That's where we are, guys. That's all I got. Told you we'd get heated. I told you we could fire it up. We've got a great Super Bowl matchup in front of us. Like, let's enjoy it. Let's get into it. I'm fired up about it. It's going to be awesome. Let's do it. I'm in. I'm in. Episode 84? 83? Episode
1: 83, We Know Ball Podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. At Ryan Knows Ball. That's my handle on Twitter. At We Know Ball Sports. Instagram, TikTok. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I greatly appreciate it. Apologies throughout the episode of the Computer sounds like these automatic updates are super sweet. So thanks, Microsoft. Uh, yeah, several match up set. We're done. Let's do it. We got one football game left, and then we've got seven months without football. Don't worry, baseball is right around the corner. What? Let's go! Excited for it. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Eighty-three. Check us out on social media. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>